Hello, this is the head of Richard Dweck. This is uh, episode six of season four, and uh, Liam Burdett is on the podcast. Uh, Liam Wolf, I should say, is his name. (laughs) And uh, he is uh, the co host of the podcast we talk about a lot. He's the co-host of the Foul Housemates, and he's uh, he's great. You know, he's about two years in, I think, and maybe we're talking about or almost three, and maybe we're talking about uh, comedy a lot, and we're talking about um, politics a oh, bunch because we're both progressive people, and uh, it's just fucking great. Uh, so. Please listen, because this was a really good episode. A long one, too. So, thanks. Hello? Hey, Liam. How's it going? Hey, what's happening? I'm doing all right. How about yourself, my guy? Good. How's work? It was a thing. It happened. It was busy. Very, very, very busy. My brother also works at Whole Foods, so, like, it's interesting. Uh, Oh, uh, was it it rough for him? uh, Pretty much. I don't know. It's better for him now. Because he doesn't, uh, he's way more better of a worker than I am. He has amazing work ethics, but like he sort of like spreads himself too thin. So like, oh, that's understandable. So no, I get that. He has a huge drive, so like he's been doing that less, which is healthier. <laughs> oh yeah, totally, but, totally. I, I get that. Yeah. But, but yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty intense. Yeah. Is uh, I was walking around and it was just like. Like the flower shop got like completely raided. We got completely raided. It's just raid on top of raid. Right. I've worked at like, well, technically two places, <laughs> like three places. But like when I worked at Kmart, the first job that I had that was like in that type of area, it was very like, it was just such a mix of like things that I had to do. Cause like I worked in the uh, like warehouse first, which was very tough because I wasn't like, a guy guy so like a bunch of like manly men to be in a room with was hard oh of course to like survive in so like i was too slow so they moved me and then that was fine but i just was starting to do comedy so like my uh my work ethic was just terrible because i was like i want to go and do mics and not do this uh, better than like getting like yeah doing like the 18 hour graveyard shift loading up a factory where oh it's the worst it's the worst right. i became like a master of pulling out i don't know how i did it <laughs> oh my gosh but yeah it was probably a bad thing to do but uh i toughed it out for like i was like getting sick of it for like six months in and then i was like i'm gonna it was like five months in, and i'm like i'm gonna wait until a full year and just you know deal with it and then I made it to like 11 months and I was like, you know, I can't do this. So I put in my two weeks notice. But my parents oh. were happy because I didn't just outright like quit. Like, yeah, you gave it a notice. I was like, yeah, let's just do this. <laughs> you gave it a shot. You gave it the old college try, as they say. Yeah. But um, anyway, like with you, what's so interesting to me is I just remember being friends with you on Facebook for a really long time. And then seeing you out at uh 
what mic was it that you went to first? Oh, um, it was this. All right, yeah, was it was. Uh, it was that weird, like, it was that weird, like, showcase gimmick over at the Wonder Bar. The Wonder Bar. That's the place that I always forget the name of. Yeah. That that joint is actually pretty tight. If you go there for like music, that place is pretty good. Um, they had like a bunch of punk acts perform over there, but right. like, but like I I showed up because I usually went down because before I did comedy, I started as like a PA for right. a local like podcast, like TV show live stream gimmick, right. And, and I was working there, and every every night we would do that, and then drive over to like the Wonder Bar, get some drinks, drink a little bit, drive the guy home, and then drive myself home. And it was right. a good it was a good time. But uh, then one night he's like, "Yeah, they're doing stand up comedy at the bar," and I'm like, "Yeah, sure, let's go, let's go see it." <laughs> and we went yeah. down, and uh, I guess this is just like the egotistical dickhead in me, but I was sitting there leaning in, being like, "I am better." Than about eighty oh, yeah. percent of these people that are coming on stage. Tonight. I've heard a lot of professional comics say, "Like, just go to an open mic because you'll realize, like, oh, like this is the level that you're at." Yeah, like, yeah, it's that, it's it's wild. It's wild. I, I, I feel I, like I don't mean to cut you off. I feel like you became like pretty acclimated pretty quickly to the whole scene and everything pretty well. I mean, I, you know, it was, it was a bit of a hustle. Like you, you gotta, you gotta get a little bit of the hustle in occasionally because otherwise, like, I mean, when I started, um, I'll, I'll admit I was doing a lot of faux pas and a lot of stupid shit. Um, oh, I think, <laughs> I mean, yeah. And it's, it's like, it, you, you know, you, you sort of slowly realize over time, like around my eight to 10 months, I sort of realized like, Ah oh, man, I think some people don't like me because I associate with other people. Some people don't like me because of the way that I am, just like being a dickhead occasionally. But like, yeah, you know, I it... mean, that always happened to me. I always felt like I was putting my foot in my mouth, and I was just like not good. And then what would annoy me was like people were never. I felt like honest with me, like about it. Like I felt like they should have held me accountable more for like, no, I was a dick. You guys should like, you know. <laughs> No, no one, that, but... no one put you over the side. Be like, hey, listen, that thing about Jessalemo, and they never, they never did that at all. <laughs> a couple people, like Joe, did that once. He told me a piece of shit, which was, <laughs> which was fine. But I, was like, I mean, yeah, yeah I, I just but, like, um... I, I think it wasn't until like, I guess I was watching like other people. I, I sort of was noticing the same behavior was showing up in other comics and. Right how that attitude was kind of like getting them very much like blackballed and hated and people were like, Oh yeah. my God, this fucking guy. And I started to realize like, maybe I should keep my fucking mouth shut and stop being such a fucking dickhead and maybe just sort of like chill out a bit. Right. And, and it, it helped, I guess it's sort of a humbling to be like, yeah, yeah Hey, at least five people want to punch you in the face. It's kind of a little humbling, but like, right. it, it also it also just helps me put my ego in check. Like I, I I have to have a little bit of confidence, but not too much confidence. I need I need to like not get too fucking agitated. You know, that's oh, yeah. that's sort of where I got to be where I am. You know, right now today at least. Yeah, you know it's so interesting to hear you talk about it because of just like you know you're very self aware. <laughs> it's like you know. It's you, you honestly gotta, you, you have to be like that. That's one of the things I, I, I learned sort of just by living is like, you got to understand where you are on the food chain. 
Oh yeah, for sure. And sometimes like, I mean, also too, I, I went to therapy for a long time and therapy right. sort of chilled me out with a lot of stuff. Cause I'd, I'd be the oversharing asshole that would, that would say like so many things that, that people would just give me like weird stares and be like, why are you bro? Right. Like chill the fuck out. Like what, the, what are you doing? And after a while I realized that like once I, I want to say once I was like 23, I had right. people come up to me being like, look, man, um, I'm not your fucking comfort pillow. Go to a goddamn therapist. And I'm like, yeah, fair. Right. So yeah. so that kind of was like the waking point for where I was at, at the very least. But, right. you know, uh, I, I, I kind of joke with people saying that uh, <laughs> tr- trauma really knocks the fucking ego right out of you. Right. <laughs> and, and oh, yeah. Um, Definitely. Just like you can realize that some people out there who think of themselves as like the greatest in the world who like usually eat bags of cocks and it's it's not referring to like uh, you like walk to like not even like even a comedy open mic just like a normal open mic and there's like the guy with the six string guitar and he just learned like he just learned fucking deep purple and thinks he's hot shit And that guy will never understand what it's like to like wake up at two in the morning with regrets and pains. And so like that sort of stuff really puts you in a mindset and in a different like place to just sort of like understand where you are in the, the long, the, the larger scheme of things, if you will, that's, that's the word I'm looking for. There we go. Yeah. To me, I was thinking of doing this joke. I was thinking of like, Doing this joke of like uh, the ages that you were the most like at your asshole like maximum is like, and I was like, I broke it down to like it's like fourteen to like twenty two is like when you're like at your worst. Bro, no, honestly, like I I would say if <laughs> like realistically, it's probably like when you're about ten years old to when you're about fifteen or sixteen. Oh, is yeah. like the worst period of like I I I'm trying to work on this bit, but like the the rough sketch of it is that like it it has to do with like how people talk about how they want to have kids and how you should have kids when you grow older and that isn't it wonderful oh, yeah. to have children and it's just the the, the thesis of it is like kids are the worst human beings on the face of the planet. Like these people who say that they, they want to have children. They love children forgot what it was like to be like 13 years old. And, and like people would, would, would like, Oh, that, that kid sniffed glue at the fucking, uh, in fifth grade. He's a fucking booger eating retard. (laughs) And they just fucking just torture and and humiliate you until you just give up on life. Like they forget how malice, like children really are. And it's not until like, it's not until you're like 15. Like I had bullies rip into me all the way until like, I was like 15 years old and they were walking up being like, you know, man, like I, I just realized I'm a, I was a dick. I'm sorry, bro. And I'm just like, dude, I don't care. Like I got life to worry about. Right. And and I wish I had that. I always had like, it was like a sitcom. I had like a sitcom nemesis every like for like years <laughs> to be like this is the guy that people know that i don't get along with yeah it's just you know <laughs> it's and like <sighs> it's like imagine my relationship with dan but if that was actually like really that we didn't have that was legit nah that was like legit what it was with someone I'd be like, well you've had you've had moments i mean i feel i still feel bad for good old joey b 
I still, oh, yeah, I still I cry a bit. I feel so terrible about that. That was the, that was that was that was really that was, really, that was really bad. That was the funniest <laughs> thing. Just like for for those who are at home, um, so Dweck uh had this roast coming up like a while back. Yeah. We used to do we did this giant roast. It was sort of like a half roast, half like what was it like your birthday special? It was my birthday weekend. Yeah, but uh. So it was yeah. kind of like a birthday celebration thing. Yeah. And Joey Borzada wanted to be on the show just for like five minutes. Like just, he wanted a five minute set. He wanted to be involved. And I, he wanted to be involved. And, and then you go up during your set and you're like, you know, like Joey Borzada is like a B plus player in the life of Richard Tway. <laughs> and we're <laughs> yeah, that's dying. <laughs> just like this poor old man just wants five <laughs> minutes. Was- and you're like, nah, Fuck Joey Borzai. <laughs> <laughs> I felt so terrible about that. And like, you know, when you say something that you're like, you know, you mean it and you're like, you know, it's like, oh, that shouldn't have come out ever. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> and like, time. I love Joey. But I think the thing that was just annoying me was I, I for the most part, it was very easy to put together the uh, thing. Like, the only thing I didn't like was that they did like much of the work, which was good. But, like, they didn't really let me do a whole lot. They just, like, took care of most of it, the bar and everything. And they were great. But, like, for me, it was just finding people to do it. And then once I found people to do it, I didn't like being asked by people to be, like, because I had sort of a thing. I was, like, I need to know people. You, and, like, yeah, you had, a, you had a set list. But I didn't know him too much. So it was, like, I wanted it to be really good. I wanted it to be people who had known me and... Uh, I probably should have gotten him on because I could have because I had like a bunch of people drop out. uh, (laughs) And that was like a thing that like annoyed me too because uh, Rob Avon, who I started with at the uh, Crust and Crumble, I wanted to have him on and he had to work. And if he knew that I was going to be able to pay pay people, which I was able to do, then he uh, then he would have done it and I had to go to work. But it was just like I didn't know that they give you like they don't take that much from the door they give you like a whole bunch they give you a lot of it the the brighton bar is amazing at what they do with i don't know if you've uh i know you've done shows there i don't know if you've ever booked a show out there there. oh no i i mean like dan's trying to work on his special utterly ridiculous which is the dumbest fucking name on the (laughs) i i hate that name so much I don't know about. <laughs> I know he likes otter, so I was just like, that was the thing that I know minorly. Otterly ridiculous. <laughs> like he doesn't even have jokes about otters. He's not no. even going to talk about otters. He's going to decorate his whole stage with otters and then go on like a five minute bit about you. And I'm like, you're going to sell this on Amazon. What are you doing, Dan? <laughs> but, right. but like. Um, yeah, no, uh, I mean, he's trying to organize that, but I've seen shows like I was, I was there at dead rat, like those guys, like Tyler and, and fucking Eric Niddle, they were, they were rocking it and they, they were paying people out. They were paying people nice change. Right. And it was like a good payout. It was a decent payout. And, and I, I wish I could like host something there, but you know, the issue was, uh, (laughs) the apocalypse happened. So we we can't really like. (laughs) I always feel so bad for like you and like a couple other people who started because it just got uh, it just became like the worst thing. And then I see people now who want to do stand up 
And I'm like, it's doable. A little bit depends where you live, but still, it's like I feel so bad for people. It's like, yeah, <laughs> like, you wanted to start during like the time where you can't find a mic unless you go to someone's backyard. Nah, let's do it. Yeah, right. I I feel yeah. like it's definitely going to be one of those things where we're going to be both like 37 years old, and we're just going to be like, yo, remember when like we couldn't do mics and we were doing like right. the most illegal shit? That was so dope. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh. The thing with you is, like, it always seems like you've been doing something. Like, you did the, uh, you were a filmmaker, right? Uh, I was a, well, I went to school for for film initially, and I wanted to do something with movies. And it started with my dream was I wanted to be a director. And then that, that degraded to, I'll just take any fucking job in Hollywood. Why not? Right. And then I would, I would do some screenplay writing. Um, I dabbled in screenplay writing, which, you know, I thought those screen those scripts kicked a lot of ass. And then looking right. back, so many of them are just riddled with spelling mistakes and errors. I'm like, I oh, right. hate. Why am I so dumb? How did I how did I pass English? Yeah. But <laughs> that's the one thing that like I love writing. I love creative writing. That was like my jam. I, I did screenwriting a little bit. But my thing was like, I'm never going to be as good as a technical writer as I aspire to be. I'm just always going to have grammar <laughs> issues. Oh, no. I mean, like, autocorrect's my best friend. And it's also oh, my yeah. worst enemy. But it's my best friend. Yeah. And I I was, I was, wrote a bunch of features that I always wanted to work on and always wanted to put out. I still want to work on and I still want to put out there. But it, it's it's sort of like now I'm sort of focusing on on how to build me and how to build my brand before I jump like some way to get to that level without like right. getting immediately like let me just move to LA and try to become a screenwriter and then work at a coffee shop for the rest of my life like I, I want to like right. like just try to build my own brand and my own social like my own existence first and then if I get enough yeah. like modicum of like attraction and at least like some sort of headway i can be able to be like yeah well uh i've been working on this for a minute and have that get green lit and then make money off of that which i think would be really nice but like i i had so many ideas so many dumb ideas and but they were like fun dumb ideas not even like regrettable right. dumb ideas and and then that went to like i want to just get into pa work so i started doing some pa gigs here and there and then I stumbled upon uh, that open mic at, at uh, the Wonder Bar where, like, I I'm pretty sure, like, like most of those people there now, I'm just I consider them pretty decent friends. Like Jack Steiger oh, is yeah. a really cool dude. Yes. Like Kate Nichols is is oh, fucking yeah. hilarious. Ali May is pretty funny. Oh, yes. Vin Brew is the funniest person on the face of the planet. Like these are oh, people yes. like these are the so many funny people so many good people and then i'd walk in and see like somebody like uh actually i have this story i'm not sure if i can tell this i'm not trying yeah, to start can... shit uh, but no it's okay okay i'm not trying to start shit i know the deal but, I know who um <laughs> no we were chilling and and uh jess Alamo, god rest her soul uh she's still alive i'm just <laughs> um yeah, she's hosting and i lean over to my friend and I say, uh, she she looks like she looks like she's a part of like a lesbian Ramones cover band. Like she's doing Dee Dee oh Ramone. Now this is that's not the that's not why like I'm worried. Like what a, like Jess is a cool person. I I had like some shit beef. It's whatever. Who cares? Who I don't even have beef. I just I'm I'm a dick and I say stupid shit. But I say this mm. 
Another person who will remain nameless overheard that, went on stage, and told a worse version of that joke (laughs) that we both know that I will not say on air. And I got that after that point, I kind of just low key did not like that person (laughs) in the fucking slightest. (laughs) I mean, the thing to me that was so annoying was uh, she. No, no, no. Like, like. No, the thing that was annoying to me, and I have no problem saying this, is, you know when you're better than someone, and they have, like, a a region of, I don't know if this is the right word, like, they have more power over you, so it's very hard to... Sort of I mean, like she's she's that. a she's a promoter. Like I, I'm not. I I wasn't trying I to like, like shit talk no, Jess. I just wanted I, I just wanted to put that out there. I'm not trying to shit talk Jess. <laughs> Jess is a wonderful person. No, um, she's cool. Yeah. She thinks I'm a I'm a weirdo and a psychopath, but she's a cool person. Um, I think, but I just wanted yeah. to say that story because fuck that that like joke stealing bullshit. Like that's that's what I was oh, trying yeah. to get at. Was that like. My first experience at an open mic, someone stole my riff and I got mad. <laughs> and so, like, right. yeah. yeah. I mean, to me, that was always like, I think it was always decompartmentalized stuff of like, I always feel like with me, I always got frustrated that I wasn't professional enough and that other people weren't professional enough. And I came up with this saying that's like, you know, Rock stars are better at it and like actors a little bit, but comedians trying to be like business people is like infants wearing suits. It's like <laughs> we're never gonna be that socially adept. Yeah, no, I, I mean like, like we're you know, you know, people are social animals and and yeah. Everyone's got their own like lane. Like when I like the next week after that, I think like there was an anchor's bend mic and I wanted to go to that because I heard it from the wonder bar thing and i showed up and that was the first time was you jack steiger and two people i've never seen in my life ever again uh doing open yeah. mics there but it, it was it was an all right time uh and then yeah. just like i guess just like central jersey it, it's not that like i started doing comedy in central jersey and it was fine i guess and it was cool but i got i was um I guess the way I put it is that like I related more to like the North Jersey crowd, like going up oh, to yeah. Brunswick every week was my favorite thing to do. Going up to fucking like oh, yeah, Union definitely. was fun as hell going up to like I reaching Jersey City. And I realized like I oh, prefer yeah. to go up and talk to these people and, and go up and, and do that thing. than like, I don't know, like hitting fucking Asbury other every other week. Like it, it was fine. But like yeah. I realized like that was my area. That was where I connected. And that's where yeah. I sort of like found where. At least where I lied and where I I existed, and it also humbled the shit out of me too. Because, as always, oh, yeah. I could like walk around and someone can find some reason to punch me in the face. So, like, right. it's it's everyone yeah. wants to beat me up, but uh, um, it was it was a it's, <laughs> it's 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 cool. Like, you know, you you do it one time, and then if you're if you're cool with it and you and you love just like going up and then having like an audience just not laugh at your jokes and then getting off and wondering whether or not you you either just are a terrible comic or whether like the room hates you or whether all this stuff now i've gotten to a point where i go up and i'm like man was my set bad and then i see five other people eat dick and i'm like all right never mind it's cool it's just a dead crowd it's cool it's whatever 
and then and then the next week I go and try the same jokes and they kill and I'm like, all right, cool. But right. it's learning that avenue. It's learning that that fucking like that roller coaster ride, how to like ride the bull, if you will. You know? Oh yeah, for sure. I look back at my old sets and just like when I was really starting out, and I really say like I didn't know technically how to write any jokes until I was like two years in. <laughs> it's like it's a learning curve. And it's so weird to me that you can have different avenues that you perform at. And I've said this before on podcasts of like, okay, so I did improv before that I sang and it was still a completely different animal when I stand up of how to perform. Like I still had a different type of nervousness than I had with the two other things that were also different. Cause with singing, I could do it by myself. I could learn, memorize music myself and everything. It was a total singular thing. And then improv was working with people that were way better than I was at it. So that was like, I couldn't do characters, but I could, you know, float with these people and be like, okay, they can carry me. <laughs> like, And then stand up, it's just like, oh, this is everything. And like, for me, what's interesting is I started later than a lot of people, earlier than a lot of people. So I was like 22 which is the like worst age to be because you're so opinionated and you know nothing. Yeah, I feel, I don't know. I feel like the worst age, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm still, I'm also a young idiot. So like, to me, the worst yeah. age is probably like 55 or like once you hit oh, your forties, yeah. that's when like everything just goes downhill. It's like, Oh man, I have to go to like a funeral every other week. Oh, my body is right. falling apart. That seems great. <laughs> that seems like a good yeah. time. But like, <laughs> but like, at least when you're young and you're dumb, you can at least find new avenues and new things to experience. And, and I think like right. being at least youthful to find where your avenue is, is still also pretty interesting and pretty, and pretty adventurous yeah. in its own way. So, so yeah, not nah, being 22 isn't the worst. Being 22 is great. Being 24, terrible. Yeah. But being 22, great. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it's always like people, like, I always think of myself as like negative, like 30. Like, I'm just going to be 30 soon. <laughs> and that's all, like, I think about all the time. And it's just like, how much time can that pass? And being really negative like, 30? So, like, like, almost like, I don't know, like negative three to 30. I don't know how that works, like math wise. Like, I feel like I'm like 30, like medium. Like, diet, diet 30. That's that's a fun term. I, I think like, like, so so you mean like mentally you don't feel like you'd be 30? Uh, yeah, that's yeah. fair. I mean, I, I'm, I'm like 26 and I still feel like I, I peaked at 17 and it's, and it's, and it's right, frustrating, yeah, but like intellectually it it just goes on forever but like maturity wise it's just... yeah <laughs> but it's it's what have you 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 do what you can um i think the one thing that was really interesting to me and i don't know if you still are with this like with everything going on but it always seemed like you really got into like sort of the social aspect like yeah. the party stuff like i always was so like envious of you because you always did like crazy stuff with uh uh dan with uh, with farley or with uh, uh oh farley, oh bro yeah, <laughs> i'd be like oh like i would never be able to do that kind of stuff because like that's not my personality i would never thrive in that but it's just like it was like oh he's like making experiences and able to like actually 
like well i was well (laughs) well i mean like i was uh, i mean like i was doing well at the same time i was doing stupid shit when i was a teenager like i this is like when i was in college when i was like 18 19 years old my my best friend was like yo come over my house we're having a rager like every other week come through and i'm like oh fuck yeah sure and i just go over to his house and i'd be like like girls would just walk around with their tops off and fucking like they just go to their basement and smoke each other out and so we just be high as balls for like seven hours like that that's that's that that was the culture right. I was in for like for for like the my my uh exiting high school into adulthood life. Right. Like being able to go and do these crazy things and then just like it it's it it's fun to a point, I guess, is is the way to put it. Like some people yeah. are equipped to be like, Yeah, I can do this. It's gonna be this seems like a good time. This seems like a fun time. Yeah. And then there's some people that just like they have two hits of weed and they think that like the, the world's going to end. And so like, you know, people are, people are built for different experiences. And I, I would rather, I rather live my life, I guess, through how you, how you put it adventures, because at the end of the day, it it's banging material. It is some best material getting involved in like the dumbest horse shit is the funniest stuff to me. Oh yeah, like I love the, just like seeing the stories from that, like hearing the stories from that and everything. And I'd be like, you know, I'd want to do that, but I never know if I'd be able to do any of that. Should I be like, I? Nah, I, I remember. I remember. That. Like, well, I, I have, I have stories that like I wish I could turn into bits that never either pan out or I'm trying to work on. Like I, there was one that right. I did that I just sounded like a psychopath doing, but I think if I can retool it now, I can try to work it out. But like, I, like we accidentally, my, my stepbrother and I accidentally vandalized a Porsche when we were like nine or 10 years old. Like we threw like Coke all over the paint <laughs> job of it, which rots the paint of the car. <laughs> so now that guy now has to pay like fucking $25,000 to get a new paint job for his Porsche which is fantastic. And the leather seats on the other side, it's like, we did like shit bag dickhead things. Like we, we were, we were right. goons. We were goons. I was an intelligent goon, but, uh, but like, it, it's, it's the stuff like that, that makes you look back and, and you just have tales about it. You have, you have life experiences right? and being able to have life experiences and pull from that, I think is some of the best content you can have. Um, if you, if you don't have that, it, you know, very much milk, you're going to have like kind of milk toast material. I feel, you know, like oh, I yeah. remember uh, what's his face. Uh, uh, John McGinley. I'm not sure if you've had him on the podcast We're we're working. Uh, not yet, but I'm thinking of, uh, he always wants to collaborate, and I'm always because I can't <laughs> like I can't work it out schedule wise. So it's like always like tough. I'm like I really want to do stuff with you. I I'd I'd love stuff, to. I think I think he's a he's a funny dude. I just never ran into him and met him, so I wasn't able to like have conversation right. with the guy. So when he was hitting me up for stuff, I'm like I don't know who you are, my guy. I'm sorry, but um, right. like just that sort of um. 
I remember he posted something on Facebook and I, I quote it all the time to people just like, you know, if you're a cool dude who shows up at an open mic talking about how many chicks you bang, that's super dope, dude. That's really great. But do us a favor and never do fucking comedy ever. And I'm like, oh, that, yeah, I agree sure. with that. Cause like, if you're already yeah. on top and you're already winning, like you're never going to have good experiences and good stories because every story is going to be you getting fucked up at the club or you getting you getting a blowjob on a private jet and no one gives a shit like, oh, you're already a hotshot stock market broker. It's always the people like like Ali May has some awesome bits just about like, oh, I, I, I lived in a in a trailer park with this crackhead ex of mine and it's not a fun time. Right. And it's some of the funniest shit. Um, fucking. Oh, yeah. Like St. John, Brian St. John, shout out king of the world. Uh, he oh, he yeah. just comes yeah. up and just riffs about like annoying shit that's happening in his life recently. And I was like, yeah, it's fair. And he just. Oh, yeah. And like. What's interesting with him is like to know him for it's the same thing with Jack Steiger to be like I knew that person when they were like younger like I knew him when he was much younger oh, of like course. five years yeah. ago like he was but it's like weird to see how people like sort of evolve and grow up like it's like oh he's like an oh yeah he's he, you know he's doing things he's <laughs> he's like working and I just remember when he was a pizza boy before he was a uh, nurse like working in or whatever he does. He's a, yeah. <laughs> like St. John's a chief, man. St. John's a chief. Like even, even yeah. Tito, I know Tito wants to beat the shit out of me, but Tito like coming on stage, oh. talking about like fucking some like army Marines wife. And then it hit the guy. Oh, it's some of the funniest oh, yeah. shit. It's some of the, and he's such a young dude too. Like I remember when I met him, when I first like met him, and he's like, I think, like younger than me too. And it's like so weird. I was like, oh, I thought he was like thirty. Nah, he just he just has a wild life. That's what it like. That's what's that's what was yeah. so. That's what I do a lot of stuff. Like not not like his because his life is like fucking. That's like an episode of Narcos and a half. Like that guy's right. living like something. Like he's living a whole different plane of existence. But like that sort of shit like just doing insane stuff just yeah. for the tale or just like living insane life and then yeah. talking about it to people like that I think is way more interesting and way more cool than like guys coming up talking about how much they hate women or coming on stage talking well, about like, yeah. but like if I have to hear another, like, you know, I think trans people jokes, I'm going to put a goddamn shotgun in my mouth and blow my brains. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's like, it's very hard for me because I was going to have someone on the podcast and now I don't want to have that on because I like them as a person, but I feel like their material is, you probably know who it is, who is extremely happy. Well, we could, yeah, talk about it after uh, the podcast, but like, I, I, you know, it's not even like, that's like, I guess it's just at some point you just got to realize, like, just let, they'll figure it out at some point. That's, that's the way I put it is like, I don't want to start. Like I, I try not to start shit with people. So if people, if I know people and right. there's like a joke here and there that suck, if I, if I like them as a human being, I'll be like, Hey, listen, man, uh, th- this, this blows cock. Right. Uh, but like, if, right. if I, if right. I'm co- sort of like, eh, they can do whatever, let them do whatever. Like, because I had right. to, 
I had to walk on stage and have panic attacks or walk on stage and do five minutes and just like hang myself with my own mic cord for like two years before I figured out what like kind of what the fuck I was doing. Uh, They're going to have to go and find that journey on their own. Everybody has their own journey. They all have to have their own thing. And and this is some pretentious shit coming from like, like me, an open micer idiot who hasn't been booked on a show since like February. But like, yeah, no, it makes sense though. I mean, everything you're saying is true. You know, for me, I, I always, that was sort of my problem was like, I always thought that, there was a way that people should do things and that people should have the same goals as me, I guess. I didn't know that people could just, you know, like have different goals. Like they just don't want to do the same shit that you want to do. <laughs> so like to me that I had to learn that. And, uh, you know, it's so great to be able to talk to you for this long. Cause like, that's one thing I like about you is, and you talked about it a little bit, like in a self-deprecating way, but you have like a personality. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there is something about you in a very positive way that's like, okay, this is, like, something. And I like seeing you on stage, like, how you've you've sort of grown and you don't seem... You seem really fearless to me on stage, so it's, like, interesting to hear, like, the panic attack thing. Because, like, to me, you're, like, you know, being loud and taking your shirt off and doing whatever you have to do to really express yourself is, like... You, you, yeah, uh I, I, you know, it's, it's sort of like, you know, you try to find your voice, uh, as Dan and and my good friend, Dan Farley and Reggie Parker say, you got to find your own voice. You got to find your voice. And, and every time I hang out with them and I go to their mic and afterwards, as they leave, they, Dan at least comes up to me every night. He's like, you're a funny guy. You still don't have your fucking voice, but you're going to find it. You're a funny dude. You're still going to do it. I feel like you have a voice, but it's like an archetype and not, and not a bad way, you know, just like the certain people that, and since I'm a huge comedy nerd, I just look up to these people is like, you remind me a lot of Patton Oswalt. You remind me. I a get lot a lot of Lewis Black, Black, Black and, and both of those guys, I was huge fans of when I was younger, like huge fans. Yeah. Huge Patton fans. And I definitely, yeah. Yeah. I so, definitely see the, the, the Lewis Black, like Lewis, like I'm sort of getting my foothold now. And definitely I get people yeah. whenever I talk about like, yeah, I, I used to like a lot of comics. Like I loved Henry Rollins. I loved his story stuff. I loved Lewis Black. They're all just like, oh yeah, I couldn't have guessed at all whatsoever. Just like the, the sorry sarcasm like erodes from their body but but like um yeah yeah, it's just i guess that's the avenue i wanted to go with stuff it's it's sort of the the way i like you know if that's the way i have to express myself and that's the way i have to like like do my set and and do my jokes that's the way i i sort of have to lean into and i and i'm getting more comfortable because like once the break happened when it just started back up, I was kind of doing like this. Oh, I want to do like the Eric Andre Bobcat Goldthwait extreme shit, but I don't think right. I can pull that off every night. And I had this one bit for a while I was working on where I just lost my shit on stage. And I like reenacted like one of those psychopath like MMA bros. And I take my shirt off and I have right. like a mental breakdown and, and act out like some right. psychopath yeah. PTSD dude. 
And I'd get off stage and friend of the podcast, I'm not sure friend of your podcast, friend of our podcast, Foul Housemates, by the way, uh, uh, <laughs> a hero of, of most, Denny Braff, he pulled me aside. He pulled me aside oh, and Braff, he's yeah, like, yes. that not only is a closer, you're going to fuck people up with that joke. Don't fucking do that joke all the time. And I'm oh, and I'm so like, what do you oh. what do you mean? He's like, yeah, no, like what you did, you just fucked the next guy that went up because now that guy can't he can't reach the level you just did. So you just fucked the entire show. So like, don't do that. And I'm oh, like, yeah, I've had I had that happen to me early on. I was like six months in and I was at a, the co-op. And I had to follow. Oh, who's uh, who's a and, fucking? Uh, he's a he's a genius. He went on first. He just like dynamite, like held me. It was like I'm six months in. I'm like I don't know how I can fucking follow this guy. I'm second, and we have like this huge like thing of like people coming up, and I'm like I have no idea. How nah, it's it's like, like you know it's 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 rough, man. Like even following that, like I remember. Uh, we talk about this on my on my podcast hashtag housemates. But uh, one yeah. of the last shows I did, I I not only did I have probably the worst bomb I had on a show, but like I had to fo- I had to follow Tito, who is like considered oh, by many, yeah. including myself, to be one of the best Jersey comics out there. And he annihilated, and then I had to go up, and this was at Weed Man's Joint. And uh, you can you can probably guess right. what happened that night. Uh, but for your audience members at home, uh, let's just say I forgot my my whole entire set due to un <laughs> unplanned circumstances, and <laughs> went uh, up there not knowing where the plot was and just ate a bag of dicks. And <laughs> and it was like, oh, yeah. you gotta have the people that are always on 24-7 because then the people that just shit the bed stand up way more because then those are the people that come out and you go, okay, maybe that guy's not ready yet. Maybe that guy still needs some more retooling. And at that point, I'll be, I'm gonna be transparent, I was not ready yet. I was not ready to be on right. on the stage there are some people that are that start out like two months in and become fucking heroes of the scene like tim rager shout oh, out yeah. what a champ i love him tim oh, rager yeah. what a king the guy was yeah, doing comedy for like less than a year and was already getting booked on shows because the yeah. guy's hysterical yeah he's opening he's doing stuff. shows he's, in he's brooklyn really well. the guy's he's a great. fucking king and and like yeah. you get those guys, and then he there's did. people that you know they they <laughs> they um they do they they're doing comedy for like ten plus years and they still don't know the plot, and, and it's like there's that variation, right? And I think to me, like I always feel so bad for people when it's when it's the good ones who are uh, who are that like that's the where they're that, still that always where they're still trying to figure out where they're, they're going with their sex. <laughs> yes. Yeah, where they're like, oh, man, I'm I'm really right. good. I really know what I'm doing. But at the same point in time, I have like, you know, you can be a at the same point in time, though, like it, it's going to be this is kind of a rough thing to say. And I and I but like you could be a really good person and a really shitty stand up. And. Oh, yeah, for sure. I've seen that. I've seen that a ton. And it's the good thing about that is 
you'll always be around, which is good. But I just always feel bad for people like that. I've always worried that that was me for a while. Like, and that's always, I think that's always the thing is just realizing it's hard to realize what level you're at sometimes. Like me and you, we talk about how like you sort of know where you are. Some people just don't. It's it's only bad when it's like you're like two months in and then you get booked on 500 shows and now you think that you're Mark Norman. That's when it's that's when it's bad. And and usually that that coincides with uh, certain extra attributes that I won't get into here. But you can listen to that probably on my podcast because Dan will bring it up 500 times in a row. But um, it's it's a lot of like. Just, you know, you, you got to understand where you are on the, on the scale. And I, I know that I yeah. still got a lot of things to do. This is just the start of my travel. And I got to figure out where things right. go. But you just got to, like, keep your level head and not, not do shit. Yeah. Because when, when, when I jumped into the fucking oh, yeah, pool, sure. I, I wasn't even jumping into the deep end. I was jumping into like the five foot pool and realizing, oh, uh, maybe I should scale this back a bit. <laughs> and and sort of just realizing right. that like you get that window. Um I, I think I brought this up on my on my own podcast. I bring I bring it up with other comics and I bring it up with a, a lot of other people where it's like yeah. if you're just starting out, you get one year to be a complete hack fraud loser. And then after that, you have to prove oh, yeah. that you're funny. That's the that's that's sort of the the methodology I sort of put out there is that you can suck for a year and then after that hustle. Get your shit sets out as oh, much yeah, as possible. Sure. Get the bombs that never hit. Get everybody being silent. Just go do those. And then once that goes in, yeah. then work on what you need to work on. Because then you'll figure out where your avenues are. You're going to realize, okay, this stuff doesn't work. How should I right. make it work? Uh, record every set that you do. You just you you have to record every set you do. Oh yeah. Uh, write down your material. Work on your material. Like I I give a lot of I give a hell of a lot of credit and a lot of thanks to to like a lot of the North Jersey comics, specifically like the New Brunswick guys. Like oh yeah. I will I will forever Those be in are, debt yeah. to like Fantastic. Reggie, Dan Farley, uh Franco Danger. I am forever in their debt because they have given me so much goddamn advice about like how how a punchline should work on, how a punchline should work. Joe McAndrew also. Joe McAndrew. I've gone to Joe McAndrew. We'd be hanging out oh, at like yeah. emo night with like Kevin Hall, friends of the podcast, by the way. Both of them. Love them both. And we'd sit right. there and, and like Kevin Hall would be like losing his shit at like fucking, I don't know, like panic at the disco or whatever. And I'd lean into like Joe McAndrew and ask him about, hey, man, uh, so I'm not sure if this punchline works. I'm not sure if I'm like irritating people and that's why I'm not doing it. I'm not sure if it's my cadence. What am I? And, and he gave me a bunch of advice. Like right. I'm I'm in like I'm forever in debt with those guys because they've given me so much advice and so much help. Right through just like shooting the shit just telling me like things work things don't work and honestly out of all of them especially dan farley because dan dan out of all of them because a lot of those guys are like yeah so here's the advice i'll throw out there just write a funny joke all this also kevin hall gave me so many advices too i shouldn't shouldn't forget him kevin hall the boy i love him to death but 
all these guys gave me so much advice but dan farley has been the only one that kind of was like what the fuck are you doing like he's the only one that has pulled me aside and is like don't ever do that joke again that joke is terrible or like yeah that joke has legs but you're using the wrong target or he would he would be harsh in a way where it's like okay i get the method that you're getting at i get what you're trying to say i understand it like like he's sort of like if if um mr miyagi met like rip torn from from dodgeball where he's just throwing wrenches at my head that's that's basically dan farley to me so i i i'm like forever in debt to those guys because they really straightened me out with a lot of shit because if it wasn't for them i'd probably still suck dick but (laughs) but like you mentioned so many great people like that's the cool thing about like doing our podcast is like realizing we have sort of this great like epicenter of comedy in new jersey well and a lot of people like don't know it like like new jersey is one of the most underrated places for comedy that and like florida is like the two places that are the most like best comedians and you know what's great is like you talk about those guys from like the northern area they're still like yeah knows each other it's wild to me i'll be like oh i met this person here and then i'll see like they're friends with everyone on Facebook oh of course like, oh, yeah no they're they're they a part of the one. they're a part of the circle i think a lot of it though too is like i remember um i went down to delaware for the first time like i want to say like a week and a half ago with uh alex daleski we went down alex shout uh, out the guy's a kid he's a, he's a hero i love him but we went down we went down to delaware and i was sitting there and I like my jaw was to the floor because I'm like, man, these guys are fucking killers. Like these guys are are good. Like, and and it was like a shitty open mic at a dive bar, right. and like the first seven comics that went up right. were like, these are guys that probably get booked on. Sh- these guys are probably like, these are these are the the Jersey City guys that book all the shows for people. Like these because these guys are hysterical. Right. These guys are killers. And then I went up right. and I, I came up with like yeah. kind of like an uh set and I got like an uh response and I walked back and I'm like, eh, I think I did all right. I think I got like four minutes instead of five. And Alex is like, nah, you did great. You did awesome. But right. I'm like, compared to these, these guys fucking murdered. These guys murdered the room. And then right. to see that and to go back to like the Brighton yeah. bar and it's like, Okay, Tom Silver's gonna go up and bomb for five minutes, and then, <laughs> then like we're gonna have the senior citizen home right. come in and be terrible. Yeah, and then we're gonna have the guys who are still working on their shit. Right. They're still gonna come in and do their stuff, and like, right. you know, it's it's like it's yeah. like night and day. And I think like there's plenty of places. I know. Um, yeah. there's there's another comic guy I want to shout out, Mike Malkowitz, another guy. Fucking, he was talking about how he started. Oh, yeah, I think right. in. He's- salt lake city i think is where he started or like utah and it was like he would say yeah no there was like maybe seven people that would show up to every open mic but they would murder like they would kill like every night and it's and it's like 
every state thinks that they're the hot state until they go to another state and realize, oh, shit. Like, that's that's sort of how I view it. And, you know, before the apocalypse that we are sitting in, I was about to go up to New York because I've never been to New York. I've never done New York mics. I've only heard so many people like bitterly talk about how they're not worth it. But like I I wanted to go up and try my hand at some New York stuff. And, you know, there's plenty of people that have told me, yeah, no, moving up to New York and getting into that New York scene is probably the best bet you're going to get to getting any sort of success. You know, friends of the podcast, Connor Dixon, like a lot of the Jersey City people like Kate Hester. Shout out Kate Hester. What a hero. I I know you guys have beef, but but she's a hero. I love her. Uh, Oh, no. Well, apparently you blocked her, right? Maybe. (laughs) Oh man, just not. Yeah, that was a bad idea. I shouldn't have done that. I always think like I shouldn't do that with people that I'm getting. No, not too, even that. Just I like I, you work. know, it's I it's, know. Uh, it's that it's that polit. You feel bad? Oh, it's all right. It's I on the record right now, so we're gonna <laughs> clip this cool. segment. Kate, if you hear this, he does feel bad. He will he will <laughs> apologize. It is okay. He is not a Bernie or Buster. Yeah. He just feels that bad. Yeah. but um. <laughs> Nah, bro. No, I didn't mean I was for a while, and then like we no, no, I, I, I would love to talk about comedy for. I, I will talk about things till like the, 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 the nukes start dropping. I'll, I'll start talking about everything. But right, yeah. I mean, to me, what's just so interesting? I guess we can get into it. Is like I like seeing you, even though Dan gives you shit for it. Cabro gives you shit for it. I like seeing your stuff your political stuff on facebook because it's the same stuff that i sort of like even though i don't think it's bullshit it's the well same, no like, you know yeah I, mean, I, I i think it's that like, you know, <laughs> it's the same stuff i mean to me it's like i just think of like i can never hate on someone who likes ben shapiro because i realized that like the stuff i listened to when i was a teenager carlin john stewart uh colbert those were the stuff that like the people that like Ben Shapiro sort of get influenced by. So I can understand where people come from, where they, get, I, I don't see that. What's the word? Like I, I get, I, I get, I get openly. In fact, oh, I get like, like openly agitated when I hear these conservatives come up and say, if Richard, if, if Richard Pryor and George Carlin and Bill Hicks were alive today, they'd be like, they'd be QAnon supporters just like me. They're like, no, they would call you fucking psychopaths. No, they would fucking hate them. And that's, like, such a weird thing. Like, people always talk about that. And I think, like, especially with, like, Carlin and Hicks. I think, like, Hicks, he would be a bit, like, I feel like he would make jokes that are not, like, great. But I think, like, he would be, you know, I have a, I have a fear that he would be, like, uh, I mean, there's the... uh, how, um... Well, I, I, I feel like that's how you fear. That sounds like a bet. Like Jim, (laughs) well, Jim, like if Bill Hicks was still alive, but if he was alive, I have a feeling that he would absolutely hate. Oh, of course. Yeah, I'd agree on on it at all. He would have, he would hate Twitter and 
all that stuff in the internet. If if <laughs> if like, Bill Hicks have, if Bill Hicks was still alive today, I'm pretty sure he'd kill iPhone. himself in the year 2011. I think he would just like I am so done with social media. Oh, yeah. This is the worst thing in the world. I'm so like but also like cuz Bill Hicks right. is probably my favorite comic of all time. Like he's he's my favorite but also too like oh, yeah. the fact I, that I I get I get rage induced when I hear people say that they love Bill Hicks and then they turn out to be conservative. That is the word. I hate oh, that. So yeah. because it's yeah. like, it's, it's the exact no thing. I was telling this to a bunch of the guys from like the Rutgers mics uh, shout out. I could, I could name drop a bunch of people forever, right. but Akasha nod, uh, Colin, oh, yeah. Colin Armstrong. I've had a conversation with him about beer today. He's a hero. I love him. Colin Armstrong. Uh, Matt Rotolo, Devin Hall. Oh, yeah. Colin is great. What I like about those guys oh, yeah. is they're, like, oh, no, they're, they're... they're younger than me, and they're, like, hilarious. I'm like, Dude, those I'm guys, those guys if you, you bring like, them to fucking Delaware, so like, you bring them to, like, a small state, they would dominate the small state. You bring them to Philadelphia, they are mainstays. If not, oh, yeah. like, worst-case scenario, they're middle-of-the-card people where you put them on every show, but they're the guys that boost up the crowd before the open, before the main event. Those guys fucking kill all the time. Those guys are awesome, especially, especially, honestly, Colin, Devin, and Akash Anand. Matt, I love you. I'm sorry. But, but, but those three guys, they could murder, right. like, everyone they can dominate the world but i was sitting with those guys and we were chilling one night and it was like me danny braff and the boys and we're sitting there and i bring up this point because it's a really true point for me it's um like the people that idolize bill hicks grew up and became dennis leary that's the that's the point I stand with with a lot of people. Like oh, yeah. the people that say that their favorite comic is Bill Hicks oh, yeah, and they sure. want to be inspired by Bill Hicks all turn into fucking Dennis Leary. You look at Joe Rogan, you look at Bill Burr, you look at all these guys who just do the oh, yeah. these young kids don't understand society fucking shit. You know, that's the thing that's so disappointing to me is I still feel like Bill Burr like his 2008 uh, special, I love. I love watching YouTube videos of different people react to it. I love, you know, I love, I love that whole entire thing. And I feel like in recent years, he's just, I always say, like, he's become too old for me. Like, <laughs> like when he was 40 and I was, like, 14, I guess I liked him. And now it's like, oh, my God. This is just, like the worst now and i feel so bad because it's like i want him to be i want to like him you know it's the same thing i with think Chappelle, like, sometimes i'm like i want to like Chappelle. everyone loves Chappelle, and i want to like i him, think i think Chappelle that, like, on, a, on a good <laughs> night is one is the greatest comic to ever live and i think on a bad night you get oh yeah. you get sticks and stones because everyone, I, I, I mean, I've said this to like 900 people. Yeah. Um, I've said that like I really hated Sticks and Stones, and everyone in the fucking comedy community is like, "What do you mean, Sticks and Stones Me is too. his best special? Sticks and Stones is so great." And I'm like, "Yeah, he has moments here and there, but then he spends like 20 minutes on the alphabet people joke, and I'm sitting there, and everyone's like, "Oh, what? Are you offended by this?" And I'm like, "No, it's because I heard this joke from Owen Benjamin three fucking years ago." Like, it's such a hack joke. 
and it's right and it's like you're sitting like it's oh it's yeah the, oh i hate trans people cool so did everyone back in 2017 can you write a joke that's funny like that's right. why i hated six and seven sorry right and the thing that's interesting oh sorry the thing that's interesting about owen benjamin you bring him up is like to me, it's like he took that turn. Like he's an he's actual, living in the like, woods. Far right. <laughs> he guy, lives like in actual, the goddamn woods. <laughs> yeah. Like to me, and then the way I think of it is like, oh, like when I saw him, he was just like uh, when I first saw his stuff, he was like a mediocre, like musical comedian, like not a hack, but like he had a ceiling of like, okay, he can do these funny little songs, and he's not going to be like Bo Burnham. He was, wait, but he was doing like know, bad Bo at least Burnham. Has that avenue. Because, like, I, I'd be on YouTube and I'd find old clips of him and I'm like, man, this guy screams Craig Ferguson to me. Not Craig. Is it Craig Ferguson? Who's who's that uh, uh, Greg oh, Ferguson? Yeah. No, Fred's – Greg uh, – Greg Fitzgerald? Greg, oh, yeah, Greg. Who's the who, – yeah, who's the Irish guy that would, that would be oh, on, like, yeah. Howard Stern's network? Oh, uh, not like the Irish uh, Irish guy, but like the the guy from Boston who would do like a lot of the right. They'd have him on Howard Stern all the time. Uh, It's not it's not Fitzsimmons, right? Right. Craig, Greg Fitzsimmons. I think it's Greg Fitzsimmons. Hold on. Let me let me do the impromptu. uh, uh, Fit. Uh, Yeah, it's Greg Fitzsimmons. Yeah, Greg. He screamed like a bad Greg Fitzsimmons to me when I saw Owen Benjamin's old shit, and and I'm like, wow, holy god, man, this is all right. And then like he just do like this, like like this Ryan Long sort of stuff about like all the trans people, whatever. And I'm like, all right, that's cool. And then he's just like in the woods talking about how like the Democrats are sucking fucking infants's like adrenochrome out of their spinal cords. And I'm like, this guy's lost the plot. And, and like, what, like talk about a fall from grace. (laughs) And like the nine, the Holocaust is like, you know, like, to me, like, I'm not religious at all being, you know, I've been, you know, I always say, like, I used to be an asshole atheist for years because it's like, I feel like you go through You go phase. through the, the Bill Maher, like, I'm Bill an Maher atheist because I want to piss off my parents, like, and then you grow up and you either grow up and are like, uh, I don't know if the right, world then, actually is like this, uh, agnostic, or you just, like, become a born-again Christian. It's like, those are the only two options. <laughs> right. So, I like that I calmed down, but, like, with that, it's just like he the, the just I, I don't know like with him he's just so crazy to me, and like I don't know how that the one thing that I like about it is it doesn't seem like he has like people complain yeah. about like idiots complain about cancel culture like he doesn't have a he doesn't have a a like grip on uh, any type of media really it doesn't feel like he has. I'm happy that he doesn't have a. Yeah, he's. I'm he's happy that Owen Benjamin yeah, he's have, on like, like parlor tweeting from his not, fucking like, like hut in goddamn fucking Oregon. Like the guy's right. out of his mind. Like that. That's that's the thing with these. Like that's the thing with all these guys. Like all these like alt right comedians who and it's it's all the same people. It's like the fucking like Nick DiPaolo's the same way, but he's not as insane. Right. He's just in it. He's just an insensitive dickhead. But no. No, he's just right wing, which is, you know, and it's, I, I I heard something funny that when he came out with that YouTube special, uh, 
he was like hanging around the the comedy uh, uh not the comedy store yeah the uh, comedy store one in New York uh the cellar he was hanging around the cellar and like people were like talking to him about it like casually like not like you know judging him or anything and he was really oh my embarrassed God. about the special like he didn't want to talk about it <laughs> which is so weird to be like a guy that's like you know his whole thing is like you know on the graphic like giving the middle finger to people like outwardly like and then to see this guy be like shy about it his work when people come up to him and are like hey super low-key embarrassed probably because like he used like a dead blm activist in the in the thing like the like he doesn't it's like they they want to be tone deaf and then when they realize oh people think i'm a nazi then they backtrack Did you see that that guy that went on CNN for um, <laughs> not CNN? He went on Fox. The guy on uh, Twitter that accidentally used uh, uh um, what is that? Is that Shoe Nice? Who who is this guy? I never heard of him. <laughs> I think so. I can't. Oh, it better not be Shoe Nice. It better not be Shoe Nice. I can't remember, but he was like this guy. that was like he was like I used it. He was like I used you know dog shampoo for a year, and I had no idea. And then, like, you know, people were just making fun of him. And uh, who was it? The comedian made fun of him. And he acted like it was, like, progressives coming after him. And they did this whole thing on Fox that was, like, cancel culture. And, and the they're left. like, oh, like, no, the liberals are getting mad because this guy used dog shampoo and now has scalp rashes. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's like, like no. I mean, like, that's the – I mean, there's – of course, there's examples on the left. I mean, I just saw something on my feed about that – you know that fucking troglodyte who put Gorilla oh, yeah. Glue in her hair and then had to shave off her whole head because of it? Like, yeah, yeah, no, that's a that's like the big story. No. No, it was like this, I, this chick who that, got famous because she put Gorilla somewhere. Glue in her hair and then she ruined her hair. And then she wants to sue Gorilla Glue. And I saw this like this this person who's an awesome photographer. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm not going to bring their name up because they're an awesome photographer. They're cool. But they're like, let black people sue major corporations. And I'm like, no, you you can't do this. Like, as look, I, I love the message. I get it. Like racism's bullshit. Let's yeah, let's have equal opportunity. That being said, you play stupid fucking games, you win stupid fucking prizes, and you put goddamn gorilla glue in your hair, you're kind of asking for it. I, I'm I like that's like natural selection for me. So like so like I know like woke scolds love doing that shit all the oh, time. Yeah, cool. But like the Republicans are just like it's it's almost agitating when I see like centrists come up and say both sides are basically the same because it's like one side's just like they're in the, their hearts in the right place, but they're stupid. And then the other side is literally trying to justify genocide because they're mad that like a bunch of 14 year olds right. are calling them racist on Twitter like that. Like these are not the same people. Like one side wants equal rights. They're probably taking it the wrong way, but they want equal I mean, rights. The other side yeah. are literal Nazis. <laughs> yeah. Like to me, when I ever, when I ever talk about like both sides being the same, I never mean the actual citizens, the actual people. Even I mean, the even then, party, they're not like even the, the actual, same. Like like, like the Republican the Party wants us to go to the fucking. They want to do the Handmaiden's Tale, but in real life, where like anyone who isn't an old white man from like Britain gets like they get all their rights revoked, and they they. 
But I still mean like people. Well, like, like that, but that, but as I was, but like to, to conclude like the analogy like I was using, like terrible. those, like the Republicans want us to go back to like Handmaiden's Tale, and then the yeah. left are like selling off this country to fucking like Jeff Bezos and and Mark Zuckerberg, like that, the, like they're not they're they're not the same. They're right. e- yeah. they're bad. Both outcomes are terrible, but they're not the same side. Like, no, they're different. They're different things. Like, the things that just like annoy me is the like, and I guess like it. Yeah. it would be funny if it wasn't like serious. Oh, like the, like the 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 fan the, fiction, the Obama Biden fan fiction, of, like, where the they're like they're star-crossed like, lovers or like best friends in real life, even though in reality, like Obama had yeah, his yeah. arm twisted just to have Joe Biden as VP. Yeah, it's it's great. But like you have right. those guys, and you have like I, 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 you, you listen to a lot of these people, and a lot of these like neo libs are just too fucking insane, and and you listen to these people who who talk about pop, like yeah, I get a lot of shit for what I say. I get a lot of shit for being like a chapo dirtbag leftist right. dickhead who's just like, Hey, listen, we're going to die in seven years because the right. world's going to melt. How about we take a pause on whether or not it's racist to call somebody your brother. And maybe let's focus on not having the world end. Can we focus on that? I get a lot of shit for that. That being said, right. like, yeah. you know, the like, it's right. there's the secrets are not out there. The secrets are like in plain sight. They're not even secrets anymore. We know that like Bernie Sanders was screwed over by the DNC. Yeah. We know that if we know that if Bernie hold, hold it feels up. like you know what it it feels like we know that Liam. It feels like we know that Liam. But when I talk, well, to not, people, no, like, because they don't care. Just, that's the that's the, the difference. They, they, they they're like, that. oh, like your favorite candidate didn't win because he's an old dumb man who won't get anything done. Ha ha, stupid kid. How dare you want to be involved in politics? Meanwhile, you look over right. and like like you you stare straight in the face that like, oh, if Bernie even got close to the nomination. And even if he did do the impossible, which was end up becoming the Democratic nominee, they were going to shove Howard Schultz in front of people and then have Howard Schultz be the face and then kill Bernie's chances either way. And then we would get Trump like like the the Democrats just hated actually doing things. They hate actually doing things. And now once we get done with. Like, you know, I, I I know the impeachment trial just happened, but once we get done with, like, taking all the Republicans out back and putting them yes. on the goddamn tree and putting them in the guillotine, like, maybe we can finally start sitting down and, and beating Joe Biden to death because maybe we could probably try to make something happen. Because I like the fact is, is that we had 18 candidates. Right. I really wanted Bernie Sanders. My big second place was Liz Warren, but she was a kind of a dip. But like, I wanted Liz Warren as number two. Even like worst case scenario, Andrew Yang would have been fine. The worst options for me were Pete Buttigieg, Kamala Harris, and and, and Joe Biden. And even then, like, I would have been kind of okay with Buttigieg being the front runner. And he was kind of the front runner. And he dropped out. And these people don't think that there was mild collusion. They don't think that there's any collusion there. Oh, yeah. The 
the DNC collusion. Yeah, it's just that drives me nuts. The one thing that drove me nuts about it is it was predicted. Bernie denied that it would happen, and then it fucking happened. And it's like, okay, if you if we knew it was gonna happen, and you like, it, oh no, no, there's no happen, collusion, there's no happen? nothing. <laughs> like, like, meanwhile, fucking Bloomberg goes into the race halfway through when when things like, are halfway done. Like, like, can we, for fuck's sake, for fuck's sake, like. It's yeah. almost evident that you guys rigged it because you hated the okay. old white guy that promised the youth free health care. I, I like it's fine. Just come out and say, you know what? We right. don't like the old white guy that wanted free health care. If you just had the balls to say we don't want to do anything for right. four years, please elect us. I'd have a little bit more respect for you. But instead, you want to play it off like, oh, no, the fan base of mostly yeah. women of color are actually just douchebag bros who want right. to like secretly force misogyny into the left like no you fucking morons <laughs> it's very yeah it's very interesting because i know you're a wrestling fan like me and i always feel that similarity with the democratic party of similar to how wrestling is like Bur- <laughs> like bernie to me is daniel bryan if daniel bryan never if they never changed their mind like, on Daniel Bryan, if you know what I mean, is like, you know, not the choice, not the person that the like goes ev- after everyone the school, wanted. Like, it, like the the last two it's elections like, were like, oh, Daniel Bryan should be the president. Now nah, we're gonna have Batista. Oh, Daniel Bryan should be the president. No, 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 we're gonna have Roman Reigns. Right. And and exactly. this is what this is what if like Roman Reigns ended up <laughs> right, being the president exactly. of the United States. And his and his VP because they needed like crowd support was fucking the rock. Right. Like that's what it is. And it's and it's like no one's no one's excited right. for the senile old man who doesn't know what he's saying half the time, who we all know that within a year is probably gonna resign and then Kamala right. Harris is gonna be president because hashtag girl boss. But like like just admit that. Like, if you can just say with a straight face, I want to live in a country where we have a black woman as a president, I'd be like, fine, cool, whatever. But, like, don't play around being like Bernie Sanders is a racist who hates people of color and anyone who stands him is a racist who doesn't actually support social issues. Yeah. Do you see the? Uh, oh, you mean the, the thing? Um, you mean the thing that about that how the paper. how the Bernie yeah, sit down meme is a bigoted and, and is a get? <laughs> yeah, that he's like you know that he's like because um, he's better than being, the like, women like he's elite or whatever like yes. Like, she said it was like no, white, I yeah, like, I I also follow Chapo. Like, I know they they like did white, the reading like series. Netflix. I I heard it full well and it. <laughs> I wanted to throw my my whole body out my window. I live on the second story, so if I landed on the fence, I'd probably die. But I wanted to do that because it's like, like I like to be transparent. Like I'm sorry. I I know it's gonna hurt people's feelings for like I don't know how many people listen to this podcast or or gonna listen because I know that we're gonna take like 30 minutes talking about <laughs> politics because I know they're gonna tune out. But like 
Like I'm like I'm sorry, call me crazy, but like I think that the K Hive and woke scolds do more damage to the left than fucking Bernie Bros. I would rather have a society filled with bro douche assholes who believe that Medicare for all and free college is important than a bunch of elitist dickhead 40 year olds who already won the fucking social lottery telling me that i'm being a privileged asshole while i'm living in a hovel by myself like rotting away because i'm too poor to own my own fucking apartment telling me oh it's because you're a lazy fuck and you don't know how to live your life shut up child like i don't want to like those people are the reason why trump existed They're the reason why we are sitting in this situation where half the nation wants to go to a fucking civil war. Like, I'm sorry, fucking deal with it. You're the problem. Get the yeah. fuck out of my party. And- oh, yeah, for sure. Like, to me, I just feel like it's become like the, to me, it was a thing with Bernie that happened to me, too, that I had to realize was it became about him and being a fan of him. And to me, it's like, I never want to be a fan of a politician. I never want to be that person that loves someone is part of like, you know, that type of group of like a K hive or a Bernie person or whatever. I just want to support the issues and the people who are going through it because politicians, you know, you just can't trust them. But it's like, you know, I had to get sort of over that, like to realize like, it's more about the issues. And that's what so annoys me about the stuff with like the YouTubers, like the Jimmy Dorn stuff. It's like people are like worshiping these people and making it more about the YouTubers. Uh, even even with is, the like, Jimmy Dorn stuff, stuff like that, that's a whole other like discussion in general. Just like these grifter idiots who want to spend most right. of their time shitting on the only people that are on our yeah. side. I really like I'm not a Jimmy Dore guy. I'm not a crystal ball guy. Right. I'm not a Peter Coughlin guy. I'm not a, I'm not a fan of right. even Glenn Greenwald. I'm like, eh. like, I'm not right. a fan of these guys who spend all day being like, ooh, AOC and the squad isn't like doing enough because they're not just holding society by ransom in order to get these policies going because like optics wise, then they would right. just do career suicide. And so, like, like as much as there's plenty of comics out there right, that love exactly. these guys, I know that that yeah, it's like a board game. Like, you don't want. That's what I say. Like now, like I don't know if I'll do this bit on stage, but it's like a board game with politics. Is like you know, if you you want to keep your morals, you have to put up with a lot of shit, and you either end up like Bernie, where you put up with so many roadblocks that you end up having. You know, he's like the financial person for now. for basically being like the mouthpiece to the Biden getting, administration. You know, yeah, like he got like something. So, like to me, it's like he would either get <laughs> yeah, if it was that time, he would. Be, but then, you know, and it wouldn't be like you know, maybe that's conspiracy theory that I have is that you know, the party from within would. <laughs> not want him but like to me it's like you know you have to have that you have to play at least he's trying to be a team player and at least this time around the team is kind of behind his back 
Like, yeah, the people in power hate him. I get that. Like, Neera Tandon, right. if she could fucking choke on a dick, I would fucking live my life. I would feel I would feel great if she just accidentally oh, yeah. swallowed too oh, many goddamn yeah, quaaludes was... and overdosed. I would feel fantastic. But, but like, but, like, oh, if, yeah. if was, like, I get those was, people. They yeah. run the world. But, like, you have AOC. You have Ilan Omar. You have these people who have significant power in the Democratic Party. Uh, 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 Rashida Tlaib as well. Uh, and Warnock, right. who just joined in, the boy. Uh, like, they all they all have Bernie's back. And they're all, like, pro- like like they're all progressive voices that at some point in time will get their time to shine in the sunlight. I think that like when you, when you try to force things and try to force optics, you're not going to get anywhere. And when you have like, I I debate, unfortunately with a lot of tankies and I had this tanky the other day be like, Oh no, the, they're not going to do anything. They're going to try to push the squad out. And Nancy Pelosi is still running stuff. And I'm like, what, what do you want them to do? Do you want them to just like have Nancy Pelosi put on a spit? Cause that's not going to happen. They have to play the long game. You guys think that fucking monopoly is shoots and right. ladders. It's not that easy. Yeah. It's not Candyland. You have to pay attention. Right. No, it's not. That's a great, <laughs> those are great analogies to make. It's like, yeah, it's like, you know, and, uh, I feel like such an idiot. What, uh, which one? Tanky, woke, skull. Called- Ta- oh, tanky. Like, okay. So they're like, Definitely they're not. ultra communists. Tanky. So like, they're, that? they're people that are not only communists, but they are basically like, okay. like okay. authoritarian apologists. They're the people that will sit there and tell you that like China's a really good country to live in, right. even though they live in like fucking Long Beach. And you're like, okay, you're not living in China though. So why don't you move to China? And they're like, nah, well, you know, travel. And it's like, okay, right. that's all right. Like, those are people that I just have no tolerance <laughs> for on the left. If, if those people could fuck off, I would really love to. But like, you have to understand that. Yeah. Like, th- like those people are, are they're like lesser than, but they're doing damage to the left. Like we have to stop infighting and start like joining forces. And I think like the most popular option is progressive ideology. Right. And progressive ideology is sort of the way we should oh, go. Yeah, sure. And hopefully like at some point, the centrists start to bend the knee and understand that maybe that's the optics we should go for instead of promoting people that want to turn Syria into a parking lot. But like, can we like, can we get there at some point? But like, we're not going to get there if we listen to woke scolds who think that if you're like even any remotely related to a white person, you're basically Satan. We're not going to we're not going to get there through the K-Hive who, as much as everybody wants to shit on Bernie or Busters, are way more fucking toxic to the left than any other fucking group out there. And honest to God, are the worst human beings on the face of the planet. Um, you know what's interesting to me is uh, Samantha B, who I can't stand. Uh, in her first year on her show, had uh, this segment where she had Bernie Bros on, and all of them 
were just old people that were like, you know, yeah, like uh, greatest generation people. And like, I figured like it was so surprising to me because I figured like she would just get like these like avocado toast millennials that they could make fun of. And it's like, why are you making fun of these old people who have been Bernie's the option? And she's you? like, well, listen <laughs> here, there, saying, Grandpa. No, is, you know, he's not really the option because he's not gonna get things right. done. Like, you know who is the senile Grandpa right. who thinks locking black people in jail is a good right. idea? Yeah, it's well, it's because because right. they're privileged. Like that's that's the end goal of yeah. it. Is that like these people? They're they're they're. Yeah, they're exactly. so their head are so like, far up their own ass that they don't understand that the rest of the world is dying, but they want to give a golf clap because they made like the secretary of defense a black man, even though like, yeah, OK, that might be progressive. But he right. also was on projects relating to like funneling money to Israel so that the Middle East can turn into a fucking goddamn crater. Right. So like they're not good people. And I and it, these are the, it's the same people that think yeah. that like Margaret Thatcher was such a girl boss. It's the same fucking energy. It's like you you don't get how. Right just how much of a fucking moron you are like you don't understand that like okay just because there there's diversity in the white house doesn't mean that that diversity is good it doesn't like just because like oh well pete Buttigieg is is a gay man we have the first gay uh uh department of transport leader it's like that's great that guy went over to like like third world nations to try to start civil wars so that his company can own land over there. The guy's a war criminal. These people are scum. Like you got like it. We can't stop looking at shit at face fucking value. And we got to. Oh yeah. Cause it's just like the center is not good. Like to me, like I always feel so bad because I don't want to. I know representation's good, but like, like support. I know representation. Support politicians and people of color who actually want to benefit society. That's why I love Cornell West so much. That's why I love Angela Davis so much. These people are great human beings who believe in philosophies and want to benefit the world. And that's why I think Kamala Harris is a fucking cunt. I'm sorry, call me crazy. She's a terrible human being. I don't feel bad for some, oh, yeah. for a no, cop who throws other black people in jail. Oh, ooh, such a girl boss move to throw poor fucking families right. in jail for truancy. I'm not happy about that. What's so crazy to me is how, like, she just has this layer of, I know it's like a stupid thing to bring up. She just has like this layer of uncoolness that is just like, so weird to me to not have like a certain charisma it's not even it's not even i wish like she was just more honest you know it's like it's not even it's not even uncoolness it's not even uncoolness it's like hey i want to relate to the youth but i realized that i was like five years before the youth that i can relate to so i get like i'm referencing tupac even though i went to college four years before he even became a rapper like that that's like what the like okay cool like 
just talk about how right. like we get it. You you were a Duran Duran girl. Like just say that you like Duran Duran and we're it's be fine. It would be fine. I know right. no one other than like the 40-year-old yeah, parents exactly. to the kids that hate you think that that's cool and awesome, but like just don't lie. Don't lie to try to win fucking brownie points with a fucking movement and a society right. that you didn't live in. You're like your family. I, I forget. She was like a trust fund kid. Right. Like you're you're not a part of the poor. You're not a part of the fucking working class. Yeah, yeah. You were never a part of it. You never got into that. So like, why are you wasting my goddamn time with this shit? So like, uh, it's it's. I I don't even like it's whatever. It's like if right. if she was up front and said, look. I'm sorry about the truancy shit. Can we move on from that? I would be like, cool. All right. Awesome. But the fact that she's proud of it, she's proud that she threw kids, right. parents in jail is scummy. Right. It's scummy. And, and, and to laugh right. about it and to be like, Oh, that's so great. Yeah. And yeah. to have like all these people on Twitter saying, we're going to push Biden to the left and every choice that Biden has selected, except for like the the Department of Agriculture, has been this centrist, corporatist psychopath or a K hive stand right. lunatic. Like none of them have been good choices. It's like it's better than the supervillain cabinet of Trump, which was literally the League of Supervillains. Right. But like it's not better. We can do better. Yeah, like the fact that Ilan Omar and Rashida Tlaib and AOC didn't even get a fucking position uh, is insulting. It's insane. Like you want to sit like these fucking. I'm sorry, I'm gonna rant about this goddamn shit. But these K hive stand morons who want to come out and be oh diversity. Look at how diverse our cabinet is. But you're like bringing up all these like fucking like lobbyists for goddamn Israel and all these psychopathic homicidal fucking drone monsters and you want to bring up all these like like soho fucking medium article writers and yet the three most popular congresswomen on your side who are all people of color don't have a spot on your goddamn cabinet like are you serious I'm sorry. It, it infuriates me. Right. It infuriates me that like like Ilan yeah. Omar has no. not even not only doesn't sense. have a spot on that fucking roster, but also is vilified because she had the nerve to question why we're giving money to goddamn Israel to blow up Syria. Like like it, in, it infuriates me that like Rashida Tlaib oh, yeah. gets so much shit for saying that we're gonna impeach the fucker, referring to Donald Trump, and yet everyone gives. Goddamn Beto Bucktooth O'Rourke a fucking goddamn golf yeah. clap for doing the same thing. I'm sorry. I don't respect these people. I don't like these people. Like it's it's like right. it's like it's like when the prep wins, like like when the when the prep if like if like a preppy kid wins like senior of 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 the grade or whatever like valedictorian or what whatever the i don't know this this analogy is going nowhere it's like if it's like if it's like if 
right the president ended up like putting into office like all the kids who thought that you were gonna become a school shooter one day into like prominent positions of power and it's like okay so how the hell am i is my life gonna get better from this like these are all selfish assholes who want to benefit their political career and they don't give a right. shit about my life. Like uh, uh what's it? Felix from Chapo. I I a shout out well they're right. I don't even know if they make Chapo Chapo Trap House. They're uh one of the biggest uh, political podcasts Chapo, out there. Can... They're like they sort of founded the dirtbag left movement which is kind of like they they're kind of fusion of Bernie or bust, but mostly just oh, like okay. they take the punk rock energy of, of like just the sneering, like, uh, oh, fuck you. But they put it into like right. leftist politics. Yeah. I'm like leaving. Oh, you're on like, the young Turks. I I'm am like shocked. From young I'm shocked. Like territory is like pretty much where I'm at. Oh now. my God. Like, rich, rich, my man. Like, I thought that you were door. following all the big <laughs> names. I thought you were following that Peter Coughlin and that Vosh and the, and the Hassan Pikers. I like, oh my uh, gosh, man. Like, ah, um, you got to get your game name? going. Kyle Zulinski, uh, <laughs> I like him. But I got to get into more people. I got to listen to more people. Cornell West, you mentioned him. He's like one guy that's like also in that early phase of like me getting into the politics that I'm into. Like the side. And I, I guess like to me, that's so interesting. Like my family always says, like I call them. They're, they're staunch like conservatives. Like, that's, that's the way no, we sort of not coin it. Yeah. You know. Right. And it's like, and it's like, you know, I feel so bad for them because. If we were going to have a Republican president, I wish it was someone who was actually. I mean, smart I all right, actually, like, like I'll I'll go as far as to say that I don't think like Biden or evil. Kamala Harris are evil. I think that they're, I think that they're just, I think I think that right. they have their idea and plan, and they're going to push it as far as they can go. I just think that their plan is going to hurt a lot of people in the long term, and. Right. Right. It's like they don't it's, have the it's, uh, the outside the, look of everything. It's like it's like they don't talk to people. I feel like, the, you know, when you actually talk to people, well, that's where you get like shit. Like I feel like these people are not, you know, they have this, you know, idea of how the working class is and they think there's some way to talk down to them and that's why know, people like bernie sanders act towards them and it's yes like, no we need some people who and who are caring and like. compassionate who understand yes who understand they're real they're honest and it's like you know that's why it's so infuriating that the person who ended up in office who was the front runner for the democratic party went up to a bunch of oil workers and told them grow a fucking sack like it's insulting that like Right. The thing that annoyed the hell out of me. Oh, the the the, the, the lip sync you know TikTok the girl, girl, yeah. That yeah. got popular from doing the Trump impressions. Yeah, yeah. They gave her more speaking time at the DN- the Democratic National Convention than they gave to the squad. And it's just like that's just the way that I view like the the Democratic Party being out of touch. It's like 
it's it's like, this why, it's you know, this surreal thing. It's this I I I I kind of I figured like, it out when I was when I was talking. I I sort of talk like think to my in my own head and i try to like try to stay conscious during work because it's the most insufferable thing to do like eight hours by yourself you're kind of like losing your mind so i kind of keep myself uh as as articulate and as going as humanly possible but um i i figured out that like this was a talking point that also chapo has said this countless times but like the Democrats have been trying to chase down the the 20 year old New York like female college graduate for the last 40 plus years when they don't even realize that they've already right. won that fight. Like they they already ha- like. The, all right. The, the New Yorker. The 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 median article right. f- girl from Soho, the BuzzFeed writer, you already got them on lock. Like you j- just by walking into the room, you won. You won because you're not a fucking fascist yeah. like that. You already won that. You need to win over the working class people. You need to win over the flyover right. state. You need to win over the like you need to win over the disenfranchised right. people that think that the the election doesn't mean shit that binge joe rogan and end up finding who jordan peterson is you need to win those people over and and you need to make sh- you need to make them understand like no 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 the rabbit hole you're about to jump right. down don't do that here's a life preserver we're going to save your ass like because when you when you fucking you're, yeah. they're like so arrow focused in like getting these technocrats that already support them because they already won them back in 1990 goddamn two that that like they've ignored the fact that like the east coast that like the middle america states existed and are fucking ravaged and they there's no opportunities over there there they ignore the fact that like people say hey i don't have money to pay for rent and and they're too busy like trying to placate a side that they already have on lockdown. And it's like, you need to get like, like this is, this is why I say the right. K hive yeah. and the fucking woke scolds do more fucking damage to the left than anyone else. Is that like those people did so much damage to push away people from the left yeah. that like a lot of those people ended up falling right into the arms of these neo-Nazi psychopaths. Oh, yeah. Like, I I sort of called myself an independent up until Bernie Sanders ran because right. in reality I was a fucking nihilistic anarchist till like Bernie Sanders was running for election because I didn't want to associate with fucking Rachel Maddow right. and Keith goddamn right. Oberman. I'm sorry, those people right. make me want to punch a fucking infant in the face. <laughs> oh yeah. To me Right. Like to me like I can't uh, like the, just the way my I guess my personality is like I I can't associate myself with any party because I'm just not that type of person. I always feel like you know there's just going to be too many people in that sort of space where no one can really get like a proper word of like okay what do we really believe? It's like you know it's like too many voices trying to make themselves the biggest voice. I like it when there's yeah. just one like issue or one person that sort of like heads it. Like if that makes sense. Like instead of having, you know, all these different people fight for, you know, what opinion is that they stand for. 
So to me, it's like I am a leftist to people who don't follow politics that much. Yeah, the, it's it's I'm the people like that 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 have you're you're on the side the of the left, but like. because you're not a centrist and because you're not like a vote blue no matter who person, and you you like I I don't want to be condescending, yeah. but because like you because think I, yeah. uh, they they get mad, so it's like, <laughs> like that's that's sort of like right. it's it's this it's this mantra of like people who don't truly understand what it's like to be in poverty anymore who try to look and talk down to you and tell you that your life sucks and your life shit and and right. it's like it, you get a lot of these people who come out from like like from from like affluent areas i i'm not going to call out any names but you get these people from affluent areas who've already made it who are already doing fantastic and they turn around to you and they say, Oh, why don't you support these people? Is it because you're, and then they throw out a fucking laundry list at your feet. And then you just have to turn around and say, no, it's because I don't have enough money to pay for my own rent. Like, because I have to share, I have to share a four bed, like a a one bedroom, one bathroom with five different people that like, this is, I'm sorry. I'm not doing okay. Life really fucking right. sucks for me. I want help. And then they tell you, Oh, sweetie, you're not going to, Oh, just, just don't be a fucking goon. Just deal with it. And, and it's like, when you, when you have that sneering egotistical air, no wonder why so many right. fucking people say, you know what? Fuck this. And then they go to 4chan where they run into fucking neo-Nazis who say, well, the reason why you're in that spot is because women and black right. people have power now. Like you, you fall into this fucking trap. Like you gotta you just gotta fucking right. like, like, like I constitute that. Right. Like, I know I'm, I constitute that there's been a lot of events that have come out where in the last like 10 years that have led up to Trump and, and I'm not going to be as naive to say like one of these events have caused it, but like you look at, you look at fucking Gamergate, you look at how the Obama election handled and how like he didn't really achieve jack shit for fucking eight years. You look at the fact that like in this, in the, he had, in his first term when he owned everything, when he had the Senate, he had Congress, he had everything. He had the judicial court. They didn't pass shit. You look at that. You look at how dissatisfactory people were with that. And then you, you look at the fact that like Trump walked around saying that Obama actually isn't the president because he's actually born in Kenya. Cause he, cause Trump, Oh, shocker to no one was a racist. And, and, and he placated to like these suburbanite upper middle class yuppie right. fucks who just don't understand why society is pushed them to the wayside. And then right. you look at something like Gamergate back in like 2014, where, a bunch of neckbeard incel weirdos were blaming white women and, and people of color for the reason why video game journalism, quote unquote, was the problem. And a lot of those fucking incel-y weirdo kids ended up, shocker to no one, going to 4chan and becoming neo-Nazis. Like all of these, like, like it's an easy pipeline to see that like, because the neolib centrists and the fucking K hive types did jack shit for eight goddamn years. And then not only did jack shit, but whatever they did, 
either was compromised to hell and it didn't mean anything like the ACA, which was the worst thing, or they, they got what they could from the Republicans and they were like, all right, fine. We're just going to be war hawks, psychopaths and start allowing drone strikes to be a thing. And like they, they lost everyone. And then you turn around and you wonder why all these people like why no one wanted to vote for right. Hillary Clinton. The person who, number one, was like, let's ignore the sexism thing for fucking 30 seconds, because right. that's like a lot of a lot of people just want to point to, well, sexism existed. That's why. And it's oh, like, yeah. no, it's because, number one. Hillary Clinton was a part of a dynasty that people despised for ages. She was the face. She was the face of, of neolib centrism for about half a decade. Um, She was equally as racist as Trump during the fucking presidential run with Obama saying that like Obama was going to get assassinated. So that's why she's staying in the election. Oh yeah. Like, if it wasn't for the fact that like her husband's Bill Clinton, like she would oh, be yeah. a Republican. So, so, so she could. Right. Yeah, totally. And to me, it's like, you know, like to me, it's always the, the flip flopping on everything. Like to me, it was just always the thing that always annoyed me and got me like, she so frustrated when threw she like, oh, she's so, protesters like, out of her person, goddamn she's, conference you know, she's not. for and... calling her out for being a racist she's not a good human being and the fact that like so many people just want to turn around and say right no sexism though that's the right. only reason that's the only reason why not the fact that all of the bernie supporters the young vote that was going to go to bernie was pissed off because they saw that the dnc screwed him and said fuck this and got disenfranchised again when you had them in the palm of your hand, right? And then the fucking flyover state yeah. people and the 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 fucking country bumpkin people that have like no goddamn jobs, they looked at her and said, "Okay, it's gonna be fucking technocrat hell where they're gonna only do policies in New York and L.A. and we're not gonna get anything out of it." Also, she keeps calling us racist because Trump's promising us our jobs right. back. Fuck her then. And then back then, that's what it was. And now, like, like the landscape right. in 2020 was different. Right. The landscape in 2020, it was legitimately right. psychopathic, mouth-breathing, neo-Nazi lunatics right. who believed that the Democrats were all pedophile baby eaters. And the left, which were people that were just like, look, we don't want to live in this hellscape anymore. Right. And so, like, was there racism involved in it? Yes. Was Trump promoting fucking hateful right. bullshit? Yes. And and that's stuff you have to acknowledge when he got elected. That that was like out of everything, that was mission zero why he got elected. It was because Obama ran for eight years. A black man was in the office. Trump was going to run. He was running on a platform saying all the brown folk are going to be thrown in cages. And we're going to go back to the good old days where white men got to run the world. And he won off that. That was option zero. Then you get one and two, which is that Hillary Clinton had the easiest layup in the world and she fumbled. She fucking like did the layup and it bounced off the rim and bounced right into her face. Like I I, like she fucked it up. And that's why we ended up with Nazi land for four goddamn years. 
And so when you hear these people who come out and want to blame it on the Bernie bros being misogynists or the, the progressives not actually being there from the vote, the reality is, is that these are people who are so out of touch and up their own ass. They don't understand that this is a generation of people who just hate the fucking like getting lectured by Keith Oberman when they were fucking 13 years old and don't want to listen to that shit. They want people who are down to earth. That's why, that's why Andrew Yang was a strong fourth place even until he dropped. (laughs) Like, (sighs) yeah, I mean, like with him, even the little things he's doing now is like getting like, I have a mixed opinion on him, as I think you probably do, too. But, like, the stuff he's doing with WWE and stuff, is like, that's kind of cool. Is like, but, like, to me, I just, I don't know, like, how, how much, like, where, what direction he goes in. I don't know. Like, that's a hard thing to be, like, not really trust someone like that i want to i just want to say for the record i am sorry for anyone who's listening and think (laughs) that i'm like a fucking like i have a manifesto somewhere and i'm about to plant bombs like i'm a weatherman no No, i'm i did i'm just very passionate about this i'm not like (laughs) i apologize No, oh yeah, we're good. almost you're two good. hours. We're about we're about you're the good, length man. of my uh, actual podcast. I, uh, can I can I do a plug that. before we oh, bounce? Like, I'm happy for that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, we're yeah. Do, we're I, doing I, great. I, I just I am about I am about an hour late to an obligation I was supposed to go to. So I just no, it's all good. So I'm just gonna close out with some with some plugs if you don't mind. Um, I am one half of the wonderful New Jersey comedy podcast known as the Foul Housemates podcast. You can find us on Spotify, Anchor, Apple podcast, wherever podcasts are held hostage. It's me and my wonderful co-host, Dan Caprio, who is the top viewed and listened episode of What the Heck with Richard Dweck. If you want more of that goodness and more horror stories from the New Jersey comedy scene, head over to our podcast. It's a fun time and it's a wonderful adventure. We also do a bunch of our other plugs on that show. So I'm just going to leave it at my podcast. But if you also want to get updates, follow us on Foul Housemates HQ over on Instagram, where we post like bonus scenes, which is just us dicking around at other podcasts or or other open mics. And you can get the first known knowledge of every episode that drops from the dot on the dot end of story once an episode's out we make a post be there be square join in on the fun join us over at the foul housemates podcast rich thank you for having me that's perfect uh i wanted to ask you before you go a little bit about um how that started the foul house oh yeah him being a him being a homicidal maniac yeah i know (laughs) him being you know him being so uh great this podcast and uh, yeah like what's interesting to me is like how you guys have like a dynamic of like you know it's weird like sometimes in some cases in most cases i feel like He's well, like the, the, the original concept when we started like the, the podcast, well, when person, I started the podcast, I was like, I need I need a playoff guy because I was probably going to run the I was going to run the Howard Stern straight man route. 
and he was gonna be like right. my Artie Lang or my Jackie the funny man. And so I hit right. him up. He was like, I don't know how I feel about this. And then yeah. we started doing pot. Yeah. The rest was history from that point. But it, it's sometimes, you know, it's been rocky. I'm not going to say every episode was a banger. There are a few episodes that Dan love that I think are some of the worst episodes we've done. Right. And there are other episodes that I think are the greatest episodes we've done that he's like, ah, it was okay. So like, <laughs> you know, it's always, there's a here and there on that front, but like, yeah, it's it's been right. a fun ride so far. We're hitting about a year in like two months, I think. Right. Yeah, we're gonna be doing a year of that podcast. It's it's been a good time. It's been a it's been a lovely roller coaster. Right. Yeah. It's well, it's we've had about many, uh, we've had about I think we're on thirty five episode thirty five or thirty six right now, um, and. Out of those 36 episodes, we've had a guest oh, for no, 35 no. of those episodes. So we've had we've had a lot of people on the podcast so far. And 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 no repeats either. Oh, like okay. we've had we've so, had newbies on every single one. I think yeah. at some point yeah. when the apocalypse isn't oh, over, we're gonna try to start having other people like old guests come back on and shoot the shit. But um as of right now, we're just going through our roller decks trying to get like as many people as right. possible. Yeah. I'm 20, 21? Yeah. You're 21. So, like, oh, really cool. cool. Like, to me, it's really I thought you were cool going to say that I'm 21 years yeah, old and I'm like, Dweck, hey, hold you're on, buddy. First person that I have on the- you're, yeah, you're younger. You're yeah. older than me. You're older than me. And I'm like, oh my God. No, but- <laughs> no you're like 26, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a little wild. Oh, yeah. But, you know, <laughs> I know it feels so weird, right? Because you seem older than me. So it's like, yeah. But like, yeah, it is. Uh, but I was just saying, like, I have so many. You were coming up, and you understand this. Like, you were telling a little bit about it, but it's true. Like, especially in like COVID, like the time that we're in, time goes by so fast and so slow too. But so fast too that you'll be like, oh, it's the end of March. Oh, this is like going, you know, really fast. And then sometimes I'll just get people and be like, okay, this is like. Like, I can't just do it week to week. Now I have to do it, like, almost daily of, like, having people on. So I'm happy, but it's it's getting to be a lot of people. And what's good about it is it's different from yeah, no, it's, how my roast is. is it sounds, have, like, yeah, you know, it's great, man. It. No, it's and great. Like, you yeah, like, you can come on. <laughs> I'm not picky about it. No, nah, it's it's all right, dude. Like, I, I you know. <laughs> and, and I'm glad you me so much of your time and how much, like, Look, look, like, you know, we, we were probably going to probably cap it at maybe like 110. And then you're just like, yo, so let's talk politics. And I'm like, I'm rubbing my hands being like, ooh, my inner psychopath is about to come out. So this is going to be fun. But uh, hopefully your listeners don't think that I'm a homicidal maniac. Uh, I I do love I, this was a really fun time, honestly. And I'm really glad to be on it. And, and yeah. I'm really excited that and happy that you didn't drop out five times because I've only heard horror stories from Gary McLean and Dan Caprio. And... Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, this one's been last, great, honestly. One, I, never, I only dropped out once with Dan in one time. But this, this one has been good. Vin Bruce was... Vin Bruce was really good. Uh, um... 
Uh, the last one that I had that was bad audio, which I didn't get to do even do, was uh, Mark Henley was. I, I heard that was. Out. I heard and that was the that, uh, was, that uh, was the hello hello. I'm sorry, and that's how it ends. <laughs> audio wise. Yeah, that was the yeah that was the that was the worst episode. Not in terms of content, it was fine, but like yeah, just from my end. So, and what's good is like you can hear me pretty well, right? Like I'm doing well. Like my microphone broke, so I have to get a new one. And like it's just like it's such like a thing of like at least I'm trying. Oh, of course. <laughs> so, yeah. like, before I was interviewing people, I was not, you know really trying that hard no nah, tell and me about it man no i, I, like, I just... now that i have a thing that i have to do it's like it has to sound good. oh yeah no oh yeah but i, I don't could have a i don't have a technical i could talk about my editing have. experiences for Which, hours like, but you know, uh, i do i, I have do no have to bounce <laughs> so uh much love much grace thank you for having me this has been a fun time i am so happy that this has been happening this has been a good time so thank yeah. you so much okay. dwight yeah, yeah. No worries. Thanks so much. Man. No worries. Yeah. Elazar's raised so the much. bar. Oh man, dude. You, uh, dude the, 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 you missed. Uh, listen, Elizar's you missed out on the greatest night. heckler of all time. So, yeah. You missed out on the greatest heckler back. of all so, times. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. I talk to you later, Chief. Peace. <laughs>